and welcome to the Book of Blues podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 42 and the final episode of 2020 and this season of Book of Leaves. It is so lovely to have you here and I hope you will enjoy this episode even though there is no interviewee. I've gone for a different take to finish off the year and most importantly a hopeful take hopefully. So uh, before we get into it, just want to say a quick apology for not releasing an episode last Monday like it was supposed to come out. It's been three weeks since the last episode, but I was too busy protesting with Animal Rebellion and Extinction Rebellion about the link um, animal farming has to zoonotic pandemics. So I'll link that in the show notes. Go check out why, what we were doing and, and how that went. And there will definitely be more about that in an upcoming episode episode because I'll probably interview someone who was involved. But for this episode, as I said, there's no interviewee. What I've done and what I want to do is talk about the ripple effect that we have as individuals. So it can be really, really difficult, right? When you're aware of the state of the world, when you care, it can be really hard to think that things will ever change. And a lot of the time on hard days, or for some people, it's every day, there is this belief that I'm only one person. How can I make a difference? Or one person is not enough. But there is a ripple effect that you have and then a snowball effect where it gets bigger and bigger. The movement is growing. So anyone listening to this, you know, you're most likely... Uh, caring, compassionate in some way, either about animals or the environment or social justice and stuff. So you're probably already kind of clued in, but it can be, as I said, difficult at times. And I'm always trying to get through to people, especially that aren't so involved with the movement yet because they don't see the point in it because there is hopelessness there. You know, I'm just one person, what can I do? So what I've done, what I've done is I've asked people to share with me stories of times people have gone up to them and said, I've changed this thing because of you. For example, because of you bringing your coffee in a reusable cup to work every morning, I got out I bought one for myself or a time where you were inspired by someone or a workplace or a piece of art or something to change your own ways or what you've even done in your own workplace or community to kind of inspire broader change and stuff like that. There's there's so many things that could be said but basically I've got a couple of stories here and I want to share them with you and I just want to say thank you so much to the people who sent them in and I'm probably going to do this kind of episode again so please if you do have a story of someone coming coming up to you it doesn't have to be an amazing story just yeah this happened this person came up to me and said they put a no junk mail sticker on their front door because I had one you know anything at all it doesn't have to be a big inspirational spiel as you'll hear there's a bit of a mixture so to get into it with some inspiring stories that show the power that we do actually have as individuals and the ripple effect that exists whether we know it or not all the time because these are just times that people know it, you know, that we're listening to right now. Most of the time, you don't know the ripple effect that you're having. Like I said before, I'm still shocked that people actually listen to this, you know? It's so cool. So thank you. Hello, eardrums. I'm very grateful to have you here. So I'll start um, with one of my own. 
I guess, uh, ripple effects that uh, someone else had on me. So growing up, I've always cared about animals. I grew up in the countryside in Wexford and my mom was always kind of instilling an appreciation of nature in me. You know, she would have us ask trees permission before we climb them. Uh, some people saw her as very airy fairy. I thought she was deadly. And yeah, so I basically always loved animals and I went vegetarian, started going vegetarian at the age of 10. And then when I went to secondary school, I was completely vegetarian because I I just didn't want to hurt animals. So then I'm vegetarian. I literally said the words vegans are crazy one time because cows had to be milked. And, you know, why would you not eat ice cream? It's amazing. So I literally remember saying those words. And years later, I think we're talking about 12 years later, I'm on tour in Germany with this theatre company and one of the guys on the tour, Vinny, who was starting to kind of become, I guess, socially aware and environmentally aware and is falling down like holes on YouTube, watching videos about all sorts, watched a video called Dairy is Scary, which I'll link in the show notes as well, basically about the dairy industry and um, milk itself and all this kind of stuff. And he said he was really put off himself by, you know, the health kind of non-benefits of milk, despite what we've been told for years and, you know, the pus levels that are allowed in milk in the in the US. But he said to me when we were having coffee one morning how he couldn't understand how someone who was vegetarian for the animals wasn't vegan and when he said that I was like la 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 in my head I was like nope not ready to hear this I was like I don't know I'm just gonna keep eating my cake and drinking my hot chocolate here which is what I did but he planted a seed right him saying that planted a seed in my head and then months later in July so this would have been November I think and then the following July I was having a hot chocolate and chocolate muffin with a friend that I hadn't seen in a while called Grania. And Grania accidentally, unwillingly, unknowingly poured a load of water on that seed that Vinny had planted in my head when she told me what she had seen when she went to visit her friend at a dairy farm recently. She saw a really sick calf, basically, that um, wasn't taken well to being taken away from his mother. And uh, when she asked her friend, you know, if she could do anything, if she could take him home, he was like, no, it's it's a lost cause. You know, some of them just get really sick when they are taken away from their their parents. So because of that, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I that just it, it that story cut in behind the blinkers. I couldn't ignore it. I had told myself so many things about the dairy industry and the egg industry, justifying it to myself and saying it doesn't harm animals. And that night I made the decision to try go vegan and I was going to eat all the vegetarian food out of my house and then go vegan and then that night I was dreaming about cows and everything and the next day I was like no can't do it so then I went vegan and then from there I watched Cowspiracy and realized the impact on the environment and how screwed the environment is and then from there I got really into activism and avoiding then fast fashion and just getting more into a circular economy and then eventually setting up a podcast and now I'm just after being accepted onto the Climate Ambassador Programme and yeah, there's kind of been a snowball effect all from that one little thing that Vinny said and also I then gave Vinny a book because I read this amazing book called Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Voyer and it's so, it's such a good book 
and uh, Jonathan I think he's a vegetarian or pescatarian now and he was at the time of writing the book but it's basically about you know eating animals and I gave that to Vinny and he then went vegetarian um, for after eating eating re- eating reading that book so he you know there was a ripple effect from him and he is you know very passionate about the environment now as well he like uh, his garden is turning into like growing his own food and loads of bee friendly plants and he avoids pesticides and all the kind of stuff so it's just yeah that's a really long-winded one of my own of course I start with like <laughs> the longest one but uh yeah so that's kind of how I ended up here all started from going vegan first and then yeah, just finding out more about the environment. So I guess, you know, that was the ripple effect that Vinny had and then Grania, when I saw her next time, I was like, you know, I'm vegan because of you. She was like, oh no, what, why? <laughs> so that's my own kind of ripple effect story. And the next person that I want to share a story from is Vasco Carto, which I just love because Vasco was on this very first uh, was the very first podcast interviewee on this podcast and he was the first one to message me in a story as well and he was also on the first episode of season two of this season so I just love that there's like a running theme of Vasco all the time. Hi Vasco, <laughs> hope you're well. But Vasco shot me a message on Instagram to tell me a little ripple effect story that he has. so I'll read this for you here. Oh and Vasco by the way runs a company called Cork Craft so that's all selling cork products and it's based in cork as well so puns galore but that's what he was on the podcast about and he is from portugal so this is his message to me this is a bit of a growing effect but for me it was in 2010 at a beach bar in my hometown a fella telling me about the pacific plastic patch and how it was affecting marine life Further down the road, I started following a Facebook page called Lego Lost at Sea and that led to other pages about finding plastic on the beaches. I ended up over the years following a few of those pages, even from Portugal. Recently, I moved to West Cork and nearby there's a long strand beach. For the first time, I was confronted with this problem of plastic on the beach. I'm not talking about a bottle or a few large items, but a real constant swirl of plastic and all kinds of degradation on this beach, from large objects to microplastics. So I've decided to start myself cleaning this particular beach, taking the garbage with me and disposing it on the local amenity site. It's a daunting task. The more you take, the more shows up. He found a co- I found a Coke can from the 80s in it, meaning it's garbage that is swirling around and ending up on shore I plan to go back and do more anytime I have time thank you Vasco so that was from Vasco about uh, obviously plastic on beaches and that one guy who was talking to him in a bar so whoever to that guy is talking about the pacific patch to people in bars thank you keep up the good work good job there's your ripple effect and he doesn't even listen to this podcast if you do hello boy I mean imagine the chances of that then the next one is from Connor. Connor got in touch because I had put up a, a story giving examples and one I guess ripple effect that has happened in my family is when I went vegan in August 2016 that following December I asked my mum my brothers if it'd be okay if I cooked dinner and I made it completely vegan and mum was like as long as I don't have to cook fine you can do whatever you want and the twins were well up for it so I made a vegan dinner and then we've had a vegan Christmas dinner every year which I'm so grateful for because not a lot of families do allow that you know they like to stick to their traditions or what they know 
And my sister, who was and is a huge meat lover and an animal lover, she basically this year invited me to her house if, you know, restrictions and COVID um, was going away for a vegan dinner. Despite the fact that when I was at hers eating Christmas dinner two years ago, she wouldn't even let me put vegan butter in the mashed potatoes. I had to make everything separate because she was like, no, 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 like goose fat here, butter and milk and this. And it, so for her to be like, do you want to have a vegan Christmas dinner in mine? I was gobsmacked. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because of COVID restrictions, because she's vulnerable and I, you know, we didn't want to put her at risk or anything. But she definitely had um, more vegan options and yeah I just that so I put this up in my story and Connor got in touch to say he had the same last year my family said to have a vegan Christmas dinner the full thing everything it was class they're mostly veggie and organic now housemates and myself are getting into recycling with a bit of nagging separating bottle caps and crisp packets sometimes too so there you go thank you Connor Connor is having an effect on his family and his housemates and yeah that's fab and then Mies I think I'm pronouncing your name right I'm so sorry if I'm not. Meese runs Bare Necessities Ireland which is a zero waste shop and she sent me a really really cool story. So ripple effect. So my best friend went to Sweden to study environmental science, got introduced to zero waste there, came home and saw there was no resources for it here in Ireland. So we started our business Bare Necessities Ireland which is which in turn led us to be one of the founding members of the Zero Waste Festival and we were one of the first market stalls to sell loose dried food in Ireland. I'd like to think we were either ahead of the trend or helped to start the Zero Waste movement in Ireland or at least spread the word. That is so cool. So Mises' friend went to Sweden, studied there, saw how amazing the resources were over there and then came back, started Bare Necessities, this really cool business. I'll link it in the show notes as well, as well as Core Crafts and Zero Waste Festival, which the last time I went to visit them, it was, I think, in February. They had a festival on in the Science Gallery in Trinity in Dublin, you know, and it was in a really central place and there was loads of people just walking in off the street, having a look around and learning about the problems of plastic and everything like that. So that's a really, that's just so cool. So what a ripple effect there is there. And then Mark, <laughs> Mark is a friend of mine um, who messaged and said, so you have to include the chats that turned me vegan in the Beauty and the Beast dressing room. As much as I wanted to anyway, I think talking to you and actually also Fiona's comment about her butcher friend that said, if you wouldn't kill it yourself, don't eat it, really pushed me over the edge. And those chats made Fiona and her mother hugely reduce their meat and dairy intake too. Plus, since then, I've been talking to my friends about their own meat intake and I have at least one of them on the verge of turning vegetarian. He's also dairy free for health reasons, so virtually a vegan once he's off meat. So, right, to give that a bit of context... We were doing a show this summer called Beauty and the Beast and Mark is an actor friend of mine and he was in the show and in the changing room he would like to ask questions while he's doing his yoga and his stretching and you know people will get in their lunch and I I really try not bring it up you know I don't bring up veganism I'm not one of those people most of vegans aren't one of those people that are like how do you know they're vegan they'll tell you that's just that just isn't a thing <laughs> How do you know someone's vegan? Someone else will bring it up and then, you know, point out how they're... Anyway, sure luck. So, we were in the changing room 
putting on our makeup and this is when you know we have like political chats and stuff and veganism would come up and any question Mark would ask me he said I had an answer for you know I remember the fact that you know vegan being extreme was coming up and I I think that to to call you know eating plants and vegetables that grow directly out of the ground if that's extreme compared to what we do to animals and what we eat if you're talking about eating sausages with you know pigs butts in them you know if you're calling what I'm extreme what I'm doing extreme that there's something wrong with the word extreme then and he was like whoa so right so that's just one of the things that I would have said so Mark literally decided in the middle of the run of the show that he was gonna go vegan and I was like what no way so I hid my excitement and was like okay cool and was just was just helping him and like buying I was like buy this buy this you know I'll we'll get you through this week and kind of expecting him to you know go back because he just made such a decision just to go vegan on the day from eating meat from not even being vegetarian but he's so stubborn because he's a Leo <laughs> and also he's Mark and he's stuck with it. He is still vegan now since August or July. I can't even remember since August, I think. So that's pretty amazing. And yeah, to hear the ripple effect that he's now had on his friends. That's so cool. That is so cool. So that was from Mark. Thank you, Mark. So next we have a story from Adam. Thank you so much for sending me this in. Sending me this in. Sending in this to me. What? Yeah. Thanks, Adam. So uh, Adam messaged me and said, I wouldn't say inspirational, but definitely a light bulb moment. I used to buy bottled water religiously every day when I saw a canteen in a camping shop for 30 euro and did the maths in my head. So a canteen is one of those reusable water bottles. If I keep this one for one year and fill it with tap water... I cut my cost by over 400 euro and reduce the amount of plastic bottles going to landfill by 365. Also, the use of handmade shampoo bars and made locally in Maynooth without any plastic packaging also saved on plastics in the bathroom. So that is one little moment that sparked Adam's own plastic journey was seeing that canteen being sold in a shop. So whoever put that on the shelf, thank you. That's your ripple effect going there and obviously the people who make canteen and Adam has actually inspired me to start growing microgreens because he grows these tiny little microgreens that's what microgreens means <laughs> and uh, it just it looks so easy and I've tasted them and they taste amazing so there's Adam's little ripple effect that he doesn't even know about I don't know if he listens to this hi Adam <laughs> but yeah so there's that's from Adam And then Colette messaged me. Colette is from Australia, I think. And uh, she messaged me this. My workplace had been in a journey and became carbon neutral a few years ago. Very inspirational and led me to become more conscious at home with waste management, recycling and electricity usage. Watching the documentary about minimalism and the story of stuff was the next step for me. And I have become a conscious consumer trying really, really hard not to buy unnecessary stuff. So that was from Colette. She then sent on the place that she works. She works for a not-for-profit organisation in community services. And they basically um, are completely carbon neutral. I'll link them as well in the show notes. But it was her workplace, caring about the environment, that had a ripple effect on her. So thank you, Colette, for sending that in, for doing what you do. And thank you to the people that she works for, who are also being awesome and they don't even know it. So after Colette then, my friend Katie messaged me. She's also my housemate and um, 
She messaged me on Instagram to say, my friend Cara has influenced me to buy less plastic. So thanks, Katie. Also, Shane, who I also live with, he told me that he didn't wrap his presents for Katie this year. He got he got it like loads of little bits and didn't wrap them, just put them all in one box because of me. And so that was really cool to hear. So thank you, Katie, for reducing your plastics. And I'm sorry in advance for the more nagging that I'll probably be doing in future. <laughs> Now, another person I recently made friends with, Lucrezia, sent me a message on Instagram and she said, I'd say the person who has inspired me to get more and more active for the animals and their rights is Regan Russell. When she died, I started getting really interested in discovering the truth hidden behind our system of exploitation. For a bit of context here, Regan Russell is an animal rights activist that was, I think she's Canadian, and at a protest outside a pig slaughterhouse, they were trying to delay the trucks, stopping trucks to bear witness to them, to record footage and give them some water before letting them go in. And she was knocked down by one of the truck drivers who refused to stop, who's since been prosecuted and charged with dangerous driving and um, possibly another charge. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But unfortunately, Regan um, died that day. And that was for the animal rights and the and the vegan movement anyway. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of talk, obviously, about that. So that's that's who Lucrezia is talking about here, just for a bit of context. So I started getting really interested in discovering the truth hidden behind our system of exploitation. I started watching a lot of footage of what happens in farms and slaughterhouses from that moment. Ed Winters has been my mentor. On the other side, I can say that I inspired a friend who went vegetarian and over and other few friends who are about to or want to try a vegetarian diet in 2021. Since I'm in Dublin, my roommate and I have started buying vegan alternatives and products and inspire each other every day. That is so cool. Thank you so much, Lucrezia, for sending that in. Then from another old friend of mine, we have Gerda, who sent in... When I went to Melbourne, I saw everyone using keep cups. It had become the norm and you'd nearly be frowned upon. You actually would be frowned upon for not having your own at a coffee shop. I got one for myself and have been using it the last two years. At one point, I counted I had two to three coffees a day at work and therefore COVID, and before COVID, it saved me using 40 to 65 disposable cups a month. I was working on site, so there were disposable cups everywhere. Thankfully, they changed to biodegradable ones in work, but not soon enough. So that's from the society in Melbourne having that attitude to disposable cups and then Gerda bringing that back home that is that is so cool so thanks Gerda for that thank you so so much and yeah wouldn't it be so cool if disposable cups did get that reaction over here when they brought in the plastic bag levy it changed you know a lot of people were like okay let's not we'll only buy reusable and you kind of see the side effects so this is where governments and legislation Legis- legislation let's okay you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> that when uh, they bring in kind of practices and regulations and whatnot then it has an effect on people and education as well more importantly so that's something to think about and thank you so much Gerda for sending that in and go you with your reusable cup that's fab now we've got four more little stories to share so one of them is from a lady called Sophie who commented on a post on Facebook 
and she had this to say. I'm not sure if this counts, but I drove to the ocean one day for a walk to clear my head and as I was walking along the sand and rocks, the amount of rubbish was too hard to ignore. So I decided to thrash out my emotions while scanning the beach for rubbish, scaling huge rocks, digging in the sand just to find the end of a rope. I did a seriously deep clean of that beach. Anyway, after I'd started, the other beach walkers seemed to not be able to walk near me without picking up at least a few pieces along the way. And I got a few thanks and good job comments as I did it too. It definitely helped lift my mood and allowed me the headspace to work through my emotions as well. That is class. That's like a literal ripple effect where people coming near you were picking up rubbish because I don't know, out of guilt, they're just, they understood that it was needed to be done. So that is such a cool, cool story. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sophie. Really appreciate it. And then Elaine as well gave me one. Elaine has a blog called Living Lightly in Ireland, which I've mentioned in this episode, in this episode, in this podcast a fair few times. It's such a good resource if you're in Ireland and you're looking for something to buy that's eco-friendly or where to recycle certain things or just anything at all. Elaine's blog is a really, really good resource and everything she's she's never sponsored. All of her all of her reviews are genuine and yeah, sponsor free and whatnot. And I can only imagine the ripple effect that her blog has had. But she commented this. I have a few stories, but the two that stick out in mine were as follows. One day I bumped into a neighbour who I didn't even realise was following my blog. She proudly announced that she had ditched cling film after reading my simple suggestion to just put a bowl over leftovers instead. She said she couldn't believe she hadn't thought to do so before. I think having an impact close to home with someone I didn't realise was on a sustainable journey was what made it extra special. The other moment was when I discovered that the Social Enterprise Street Feast had published a guide to having a more sustainable street feast using an article that I had written. It was also nice to know that this article would probably have been read by thousands of people, including my own neighbours. That is so cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, Elaine. And thank you for your amazing blog. Jeez, keep up the great work. And again, I will link that in the show notes for people to check out. Then Cecilia commented on a post I had posted into Zero Waste Ireland, which is a really, really good Facebook group. If you haven't joined it, join it. Uh, If you're on Facebook, it's really, really good. And Cecilia is one of the admins there. So she commented, there are so many stories on both sides of the question. I'm continually inspired by others here and in other groups that I interact with. One small challenge to my Zero Waste principles lately is coming from carers in my immediate family, but also people I've worked with who simply cannot deal with the waste end of things. I've had to dig deep into my compassion to put that into a continuum with a low impact lifestyle where where zero waste and social justice collide. I get that that can be hard um, definitely when you're in a, a place that waste is needed for health reasons, you know, like in caring in hospital and whatnot. Um, so that, that can definitely be tough. But then she went on to say, on me being an inspiration, massively decreasing packaging use in the market I go to most weeks just by showing up with my own containers all the time. So she inspired less packaging in the market she goes to. That's really cool. She made someone refuse freebies at an event they attended. In their words, I'll never look at a pen in the same way after hearing you talk. Hair washing is another area I've been told I inspired others to experiment with so that's really cool thank you so much Cecilia and yeah you do she just talks and everything so I'm sure the ripple effect goes even way broader than that now 
I think I told you I had four earlier, but I've actually got five stories left. I lied. So we've got two left now. So there's two stories that I want to tell you that I heard. These people don't know that I'm sharing this story, but I just think that what they did was really cool. So I did a sustainable gardening course in lockdown with a woman called Aoife Mun. I think her second name is. So she is a horticulturist and works a lot with county councils on yep, sustainable gardening, growing your own food and works a lot with communities and things like that. And she told us in what in the course that she was introducing herself that her own inspiration came from her dad, who was always, who seemed really ahead of his time and was telling her about the impact that we have on the environment and how it's important that we look after the planet and all this kind of thing. And now, fast forward years later, Aoife is holding workshops. She was in tidy towns as a judge and she brought in, you know, real like bee-friendly plants, you know, to be bee-friendly. It's not making things look pretty and colourful. It's, you know, to let things go wild and everything. And, you know, she's just, she's such a legend and I actually want to get her on the podcast one day. So I will reach out to her. But she told me this thing that she did in her kid's school where her, one of her kids was having a birthday party or there was a party going on in the school and the amount of waste that most of you guys were listening will know, you know, either from growing up or having kids around, the waste that happens at a child's party is just <laughs> monumental. It's huge. It, re- it really is. So you bring in the colourful plates and cups um, that are nearly always disposable. They've got a cool theme and all that. And then there's the plastic party bags and all these toys and games and whatnot. So anyway, Aoife, what she ended up doing was buying a set of reusable colourful plates and bowls and cups and cutlery and giving it to her child's class that could then be sent home with the birthday child so whoever was organizing a birthday party and in primary school when there's 30 kids in your class there you know there's a couple of parties a month usually and most of the time all the kids would be invited to the class so anyway this is obviously before covid now as well but this set of plates and bowls and cutlery would then go home with the birthday child and they would bring it back in and all the other classes were like that's such a great idea so then Aoife went bought one of these sets for all the years and now in that school there is one of these sets that goes home with the birthday child for their birthday it's washed dried and then brought back in and waits in the classroom for the next party isn't that class so sending my thanks to Eva for doing that I just think that's such a good idea and I, yeah I wanted to share that here and you'll probably hear it again from Eva, hopefully herself if I get her on the podcast and on that same vein there's an activist as well called Zach who I was chatting to the other day so hi Zach and he told me this this thing that he did and I just think it's amazing so he's a vegan himself in the college that he goes to he is paying for accommodation on site and they block book all of your meals you're saved on food waste and whatnot so you have to tell them if you've any dietary requirements so he obviously tells them that he's vegan but their default if you didn't go ring ahead with you know I'm a vegetarian or I'm a celiac or whatever the default dish that they would have for you is was always meat was always something meat-based and he brought it to the the board I guess in his college and made the proposal that the, the default meal if you haven't made some kind of special request should be vegetarian for the planet's sake and stated that it won't affect human health and also it benefits animals as well and it passed and now in his college the default meal is vegetarian so if you want 
meat dishes you then just have to go and kind of declare your dietary requirement and say you want meat and then you have like your meat card that you show them and they give you a dish with meat in it but now imagine the fact that is going to have imagine the impact that has that I just when I heard that I was like that is so cool Zach that's amazing so yeah for anyone listening if there are any ideas in this that you think you can maybe like bring into your home or your workplace or school or whatever do that let me know um you never ever ever know the impact that you're having this is what I'm talking about a lot of these people that people have mentioned in their ripple effect stories don't know that they're being talked about right now because of the effect that they had so keep having those conversations keep bringing your keep cup to to work keep doing what you're doing because it is having an effect and you never ever know how big then the snowball effect is going to get it is the movement is growing we can see that obviously it's not growing as fast as it needs to but I guess that's the domino or the snowball effect at work it it is getting bigger and just when people say one person doesn't make a difference one person can has and will continue to always make a difference and also of course all the people that I've interviewed on this podcast have had their own ripple effect in some way shape or form and thank you so much to the people that I've interviewed this year and last year for all that they're doing for the planet and yeah so we've talked about the ripple effect in some ways before and we've had it but I just I I just love the little stories as well someone coming up and going I have a bamboo toothbrush because of you so yeah that's it even when the, the this pandemic is over and behind us the climate crisis we still very much do need to fight but when you think all hope is lost remember the ripple effect just doing what you're doing and it's not always about activism it's not always about you know bringing in huge corporate changes to work it's about the little the little things and the little things all add up. That's it. That is episode 42. I hope you enjoyed some of these little stories and please send me in yours. Please, you can email me bookoflesepodcast at gmail.com. Message me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter and let me know a time where someone came up to you and said, because of you, I'm now doing this or a time where you saw someone do something that then inspired you and then give me your stories like Eva's and Zach's where you you might have like changed something in, in a community or workplace as well because I think I'll do another one of these I just I love hearing them so yeah that's it and um, thank you so much for the people who've listened to this podcast this year I you've no idea how much I appreciate it I put so many hours into this so then when I hear people especially ones that I don't know listening that's so cool Um, I'll be sending out an update on my Patreon and then just uh, closing off off the Patreon just for a month or two. I'm going to have a month or two break from the podcast, but I'll be back in March, most definitely. If not before, I'm going to start collecting interviews again and I'll pause my Patreon billing cycle. I don't want people being billed when there's no podcast going out. But if you do want to support the podcast, you absolutely can. You can sign up on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves. And uh, yeah, you won't be charged on until March anyway. But thank you guys so much. Um, for the people who are supporting me on Patreon and Book of Leaves or not Book of Leaves and uh, Buy Me a Coffee thank you so much I really really appreciate it and yeah I hope you all have a lovely 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 New Year celebration and yeah any questions give me a shout don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and don't forget your ripple effect sending you so much love 
mind yourselves and I will talk to you probably in about two months time if not before but make sure to once you're following me on social media you'll be kept up to date so thank you I hope you have a wonderful day happy Monday and happy new year bye guys bye